Hey everyone, and welcome to The Rational Republican, a podcast where we look at complex issues facing us here in Oregon and around the nation. We'll try to address issues from a nonpartisan perspective and view our disagreements through a lens of respect rather than tribalism or divisiveness. I'm James Ball. This is Nick Perlosky. Hey listeners, how we doing? So this is a bit of a special podcast, sort of an emergency podcast. Today is January 6th, 2021, and we've all kind of known this day was coming. This is the day that the electors are supposed to, or the Congress is supposed to meet to count the votes from the electors. And there was a huge right-wing stop the steal, uh, so to speak, uh, rally outside the, the Capitol today. And if you've been living under a rock, uh, it has gone sideways, and some of the people have started storming the storming the Capitol. There's photos of people sitting inside the Senate chamber. Uh, Mike Pence was taken into uh, into the bunker. Um, I don't know, Nick. What else have you been seeing? Well, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up there. The The day started for, again, for if anybody has, has missed the news or if you're listening to this a, a week or two in the future or something like that, the day started with a rally with Donald Trump and it was it was supposed to be a protest and everything, and which we've seen dozens of times this year. And I it, it's worth mentioning that protesting is good. Exercising your right to freedom of speech is good. Being upset that your candidate didn't win an election is good. These are all you know, normal things that have happened myriad times throughout the course of history. But what proceeded to then happen was, Jimbo, as you say, was these, uh, you know, what what would be called protesters, I think what we can safely call terrorists at this point, yeah. broke into the Capitol, broke windows, uh, shots were fired, a woman is in critical condition uh, after being shot in the chest. Um like you say, people were broke into to the, the Senate floor. The, they were trying to break into the House floor. There's this haunting picture of, you know, Capitol security having that door barricaded and having their guns drawn at, at whoever's, you know, broken through the glass and sh- is trying to break into the House floor. And it's just a um, it's just a, 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 a blight on our on our democracy, on our form of government, on certainly our party. Uh, and, uh, and that's just, that's kind of what led us here to, to say, you know, what we need to, we need to hop on and we need to clearly delineate that there are, there are conservatives who still support, you know, limited government and lower taxes and the, you know, the, the normal Republican stuff, but who, who clearly recognize this as a problem and as sedition. And I think that it's important to note that, uh, until recently, well, Trump had been fueling the fire with his tweets. Um, he didn't, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what was said. I haven't been on Twitter today, but, and recently there was a, there was a video asking people to go home uh, very half-heartedly. Um, he basically is minute five or something of basically Trump saying, y'all need to go home. This was a stolen, well, it, was, it wasn't even that. It was, this was a stolen election. You guys are absolutely doing the right thing, but please go home. <laughs> that was kind of the the way that it was presented. I was like, uh, "We love you. You're very special people, but you know, go go home, go home now." Um, Almost as an afterthought, yeah. It's right, just like, what right. Is this? And so, but it was like he emphasized so much. This is a fraudulent election. We need to take back the power. You know, these guys are are evil, whatever. And so he's been he's been fueling this fire. And um, you know, I've I've kind of have have never been a Trump fan. Uh, regular listeners will know. Um, 
you know, I've had four opportunities to vote for Trump uh, and have never done so, always voted for someone else. Um, part of my voters pamphlet statement was that I am not a Trump fan, that I'm, I don't support, I'm not with these people that are just hopping on the bandwagon. Um, but you kind of, as a, as a Republican, you kind of had to tolerate him for a little bit because he was the leader of the party. Uh, there were so many people who were following him and, and within the party. It was really hard to, if you wanted to differentiate yourself by being an, an unknown Trumper, anti-Trumper, um, you, you ended up on the, on the losing end of a lot of things. And as someone who's trying to, you know, make a name for myself on the party, um, it was, it was tricky to, to do that. Um, especially when so much of what he said was just rhetoric, so much hot air. And so, I mean, kind of my standpoint was that's not what I want in a leader. I don't want a leader who's just going to come out and say stuff that doesn't matter, that does, he doesn't mean that turns into nothing. Um, and second yeah. of all, well, I mean, now it has turned into something. And so I think it's, it's much like now it's, it's very much, you, we were talking a little bit before this, you know, you, this is a, there's a line in the sand, either you are with Trump or you're with democracy. You can't like this, this is it. Um, you, you cannot be a red hat Trump Republican who's believes in, in the democratic Republic of the United States of America. And I think you honestly, you just hit the nail on the head in, in saying, this is not what we want from a leader. I think this is exactly, this is proof positive of what you get when you do not have leadership. I, there's a, there's a quote from, you know, it's like the West Wing or something. They're talking about somebody who said, I, I must find out where my followers are going so I can lead them there. <laughs> and that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump feeds into the worst parts of what, you know, what the Republican base was. He is, you know, I don't think, overtly but i think is is subtly and subliminally he is a racist he is a misogynist he is a a nationalist and he is a bigot and I, whistles. The, the things he says yeah. you can and this is this is kind of the i want to say the nefarious brilliance of donald trump is being able to say these things in such a way that you can't point to something specifically to say you know this is a racist comment or this is a sexist comment but you take the entire body of work and it becomes pretty clear that he's got some, some bad views on, on people like that. And, well, and I think you're exactly right. I think he, he, he knows how to avoid explicitly saying, I don't like black people. Or, I don't like mm -hmm. women, but he can still say things that are provocative enough and, and touchy enough that he, he gets on TV. He gets retweets and likes on Twitter again from, from the, the absolute, worst elements of, of what our society has to offer. And he, he furthers himself by continuing to, to engage in these types of things rather than actually being a leader, rather than actually saying, no, we're going to be for this. We're going to stand up and do something. And he, he just continues to feed into these, these worst parts. And he knew this morning, if he stood up in front of a protest and said, you know, the election was stolen again, despite what, shouldn't even merit mentioning, but despite the fact that there is absolutely no evidence that voter fraud occurred, that any type of election rigging or that Donald Trump actually won and Georgia and Arizona and Michigan and Pennsylvania all got together and somehow conspired to take the election from him. Right. But he knew he would get his fix. He was get, get his popularity endorphin fix. And this is the consequences of what happens when you don't have a person in a position of leadership show leadership. I wonder what he thought was going to happen here. 
I mean, what if everything happens the way that Trump and his supporters want to happen? Somebody questions or tries to overturn the elections. I mean, what if, what if it actually did? What if it actually got sent to the states? All those like, you know, random footnotes in the Constitution that they were hoping, you know, be, <laughs> they're not footnotes, but, you know, ra- little paragraphs that nobody pays attention to because they never, they never apply to anything. Uh, what, if, what if we get, got that far and Trump was somehow instituted on January 20th? Like, what happens then? Do you really think that all these Democrats who voted for him, the 75 million, 80 million, however, 82 million, I forget how many, um, who voted for Biden and who won an election fair and square, are, we're going to stand for that? I mean, you, you would have a justifiable, you know, uh, it, protest. It would be yeah, it, it would be, you know, that is a stolen election. You know, I, yeah. I up, up until recently I had no problem going through the uh, the legal challenges, all the lawsuits, all the whatever in the different states. Because if anything, it just it just proves the that the election was was correct. You know, you you mention, and this is kind of the what the line has been is that there is no evidence of of election fraud. Well, no evidence of fraud is not the same as evidence of no fraud. And so, like, the more we look into this, the more we move away from there is no evidence of fraud toward there is evidence that there was no fraud, that we looked into this thoroughly and we have checked out all of these stories. And um, I think we've gotten there. I think we've gotten to the point where any sort of um, any sort of claim or lawsuit or anything that could have impacted the the outcome of the election has been thoroughly vetted has been looked at by just the judicial system and we have found that there that there is no there's no voter fraud that this was a clear and true election and trump lost it's so and it's lost. it's interesting that you point that out because i think you and i disagree on that particular point i, I don't think a lot of those lawsuits had merit and we i don't believe well we should i mean I, I, I didn't say they had merit but at least but i think the the important thing is there are there are degrees, like you said earlier, to which we as conservatives, even even people like you and me who are not Donald Trump fans, say, you know what? Okay, he's the president. This is the thing that he's going to do. This that he's within his rights to do that. That's fine. Whatever. I do think that there are there will be good elements of the Trump presidency on the GOP for for future generations, for future decades. I, I love that we've had this more populist hilt that we can be more appealing to blue collar workers, union workers you know, NASCAR watchers, we're not just country club Republicans anymore. I, I hope that that's the case for, for a long time to come. But I, I, I honestly do believe that this will be the day that we as a party look back on and we say, okay, to whatever degree all of us kind of tolerated Trump, whether you voted for him or didn't, whether you liked him or didn't, fundraised for him or didn't, whatever, to whatever degree all of us in this party kind of put up with the last four enough years. Is enough we've now yeah this is this has clearly gone way too far he's clearly a loose cannon and there's the the phrase that popped in all my we're recording this on the day the day after the two special uh senate elections in in georgia the two runoff elections and now the democrats have won control of the senate after the two democrats won those elections so donald trump has cost this party the presidency he's cost us congress and he's now cost us the senate and there's an element of you reap what you sow we we made a deal with the devil four years ago. I, you know, obviously like I said, you and I didn't vote for him, right. but 
this is clearly the costs have been way higher than the benefits. And we need to recognize that and exercise the Trumpiness out of this party for good. Well, but how do we do that? I mean, this is, so I've been, (laughs) there are still a lot of Trump fans out there, people who voted for him, people who still are supporting him. And this has kind of been another thing that I've been trying to got into an argument on Facebook yesterday with some friends, uh, Democrats, um, uh, Russ, who's been on this podcast before. Friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> friend of the pod. I don't know if friend of the pod anymore. He may not like us, but uh, <laughs> sorry, Russ. Um, but basically there are enough people who still who think this is justified, who think that Trump should be president, who believe that this is a fraudulent election, you can't just dismiss those people. Um, I mean, you can, but then this is just going to resurface in a couple more years with a different leader, with a different, you know, demagogue leading leading this contingent. Um, and this is another reason that I and I'll, I'll, I was thinking you said earlier of thinking those those lawsuits had merit. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, that those lawsuits did have merit, but I didn't think there was anything wrong with going through the motions and checking it out because you have this um, majority, if not majority, a uh, large minority of the Republican Party who still believes that this election was stolen. And you don't win people over by dismissing them. You know, and this is, I think this is, Biden has talked about trying to heal, trying to bring the party back together. And but all I've seen from either side has been, I want to crush the other team and my team needs to win. And, you know, how can you possibly support the other team because they're evil and they're trying to destroy America? It's like, well, I mean, that kind of rhetoric isn't helpful. It isn't, it, it, all it does is further divide us. And, you know, in the short term, maybe it'll win you a couple of elections. Um, but in the long term, you end up with Donald Trump. And we've exactly seen that. We've cost ourselves elections. We won one. We got a couple of Supreme Court seats and we got a tax bill through. And there's a lot of good stuff. If you're a conservative, there's some good stuff that happened over the past four years. But like you say, the cost has been insurmountable. Yeah. And but we need like you, we need to address those concerns. We need to address those people or else this is going to happen over and over again because it's and it'll be interesting to see if, if Biden sticks to his word of trying to bring us together because now that he has both houses of Congress, he can do whatever he wants. And if he adds four seats to the Supreme court and adds two States and those are all, you know, DC and Puerto Rico are both going to have democratic senators. And so now there's 104 senators and 54 of them are Democrat. Um, the, that will be just another step in the direction of divided America. Um, we need someone who has the power to do something. This is what Republicans have done the last four years has been at the federal level. If you can do something, you, you do it. And the like qualms of, of procedure or policy or, or institutional norms, just throw them out the window. If you can do it, you do it. And I've seen that with the democratic party here in Oregon as well, where you just, if you can do something, you do it. And we need a party at some level to say, no, I, I can do this. I have the power. I have the votes, but I'm not going to because it's going to further divide the country. Because I, I think if Biden does yeah. that, maybe, maybe he'll, he'll stack the deck. And so we'll have 20 more years of Democrats, but we're going to have civil unrest for all those 20 years. 
because anytime something happens, people are going to. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think there's a, there's definitely, it's going to be fantastically interesting to watch over at least the next two years while Joe Biden has total control. And I, I'd like to think that he's enough of a, of an institutionalist. The guy's been a Senator for 40 years now or something like that, 50 years plus vice president for eight. That I'm, I'm hopeful that he doesn't pack the court. I'm hopeful that he doesn't start adding states all over the place. Because uh, I think you're right, that's going to have replica- replications for repercussions for generations to come on, on yeah. public policy and certainly how the, the right reacts to that. But I think something was interesting in um, what you said a couple of minutes ago about there's still a large element of our party right now who who is fans of Donald Trump, who does believe the election was stolen, who does believe there's the, the you know, claims of fraud have merit. And um, one of the things I thought was interesting is uh, a couple hours ago, while before Congress had been breached, uh, Ted Cruz got up and he was, um, he was giving his speech basically in defense of filing lawsuits, not counting the, uh, not certifying the electors today, January 6th, as the Constitution says we're supposed to do, um, but instead, instead saying 39% of Americans in a recent poll believe that the election was fraudulent. If, if it's not, then there's nothing to fear. We might as well go through the process. And the thought that struck me was there is a, you know, we've got a president from a position of authority yelling at people saying the election was stolen, the election was stolen, the election was stolen. And then turning around and polling them and then saying, well, 39% of people think the election was stolen. We need to do something about that. And I mean, that, if that's not like this, the perfect example of like, you know, some vicious downward spiral, I, you know, I, I don't know what is. And the thing that strikes me is this is, this is a perfect yeah. time for there to be real actual leadership for somebody on the right to get up and say, no, the election wasn't stolen. We put right. forward bad candidates and we had a really bad anchor at the top of the ticket and we lost a lot of these races. But if you have somebody come in who is a, a strong leader, pro-freedom, pro-business, pro-growth, who can advocate for things and not just against and not just anti-Democrat, not just anti-Biden, that person can feel a massive, massive role and really steer the populace in a direction that is productive and that is not treasonous. <laughs> right. And I agree. And we've talked about the future of the party a lot on this podcast. And I, I absolutely agree with you that that's the party, that's the, t- the direction we need to go. Um, but when you look at those 39% of people who believe the election was stolen, um, and is that, I don't know if that's 39% of people or 39% of Republicans, but I'm sure know. it's thir- I, Any, I would have anyway, to guess it's 39% it's a, of Republicans. It's, it's, it's 39% a, of people. Uh, regardless, it's a lot of people. And when you address them and just be like, no, it wasn't shut up and go away. Like that's not a way to address that many people. You know, the, there are, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe we could have done something to prevent getting to this point if we didn't have, you know, someone at the top of the tickets talking about how fraudulent this was. If we didn't have these news networks, these, the Newsmax and the America, uh, the OAN or whatever, it put peddling this nonsense for the last however many um, and yeah, and, and I think that's exactly but, right. Is it's it, it's, tough, it's tough to you know we're on a Mack truck right now, and it's tough to just slam on the brakes without having yeah. some kind of collateral damage. You can't, you can't, you can't just have say, Donald Trump get up there the whole time and say it's stolen, it's stolen, it's stolen. You can't, but you but now we're here. You know we've got those things. We we didn't put a stop to them back. I mean, even if we couldn't, could have. You know, it's tough when the president is saying things to come out and be like, no, he's not. Um, 
but now that we're here, what do we do? Do we, do we, how do we address these people and bring them back into the fold? Because that's a lot of people. I mean, that, that's kind of, that's kind of my point of you can't, you can't just dismiss them and say, no, you're wrong. You're a bunch of conspiracy theorists, you know, just go away. Um, you I know, agree. that, that works for flat earthers because there's not that many of them, but with, you know, election deniers that you, you almost need to like convince them, bring them along, say what, you know, and, and that's like, go through, go through the process, the legal process. I, I don't know. I, I don't well, know what to do, but it, I think like, for me, dismissing it, people is not the right answer. It, it, it strikes me as, you know, the difference between like when you were a kid and you did something wrong and your parent, like, you know, yells at you or smacks you on the wrist or says, you know, this, this is inappropriate or whatever. And you're like, well, I'm going to do what I want. You know, I, I'm a kid. I can do whatever I want. And then, you know, then you do something kind of serious and you're, you know, you're 14, 15, 16 or whatever. And you get the, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And that's when you, you know, for me as a kid, that's when you have those moments of just like, oh man, like I, I probably should have, I probably should have done better. And I look back on stuff that I've done in my life, like, like when we were in sixth grade, like I would call somebody gay as a, as an insult, as a derogatory thing. And now that's, I look back on that and it's like, wow, like that was a really not cool thing to do. That is definitely like wrong. That is inappropriate. That's not something that anybody should be okay with. And I feel like this is, this is a similar situation. Like it's, it's not incumbent on you or me. We can't just jump up and say like, look, I told you so like Donald Trump is bad news. We've been saying this for four years. Look at all of what it's cost us. You can't just say, I told you so you have to work to get people to a point where they themselves recognize, Hey, it's not okay to break into the United States Capitol because we're upset at how an election turned out. Hey, it's not okay to try to subvert democracy and our American constitutional norms of elections because we didn't like the results of what happened. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for me, the only answer on how you get there is, is strong, effective leadership dominated by a good vision, a conservative, solid vision of how to, how to get our country back from the brink, because that's, that's where we are right now. I, I, we've had CNN on this whole afternoon. I've heard civil war more than once. Yeah. And it's like you can't talk about that when the beavers play the ducks anymore, but you can't talk about <laughs> when protesters storm the Capitol because uh, yeah. that's what we're inching towards. It's not funny, but yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, and somebody made a comment. I think it was one of my veteran friends on, on Facebook that, you know, it's, it's all fun and games to talk about civil war and, you know, boogaloo and whatever the hell else but once you start killing your neighbors um it's not fun anymore like actual civil war i mean not not that it would ever be fun but like actual civil war is is pretty darn awful and people who keep using that as a i don't know people use it too flippantly as if this is something that that and i don't know i guess there is a non-zero chance that we that that's where we end up but um, that's a really serious thing to, to talk about um, because it, it there's not, is, yeah. this is going to be, if, if we were to go down that path, it's not going to be like the American civil war where you have these, you know, in a sense, bright geographic lines of if you're on this side, you're on this team. And if you're on that side, you're on that team. It's going to be more like, you know, Bosnian sectarian violence where you've got neighbors one minute and enemies the next you know you're not going to be safe in your home you're going to be drug out into the street and shot 
you know, that that's what this would look like if we ever, if we got that far. And so, I, and I, it, it bears repeating again, a woman was shot at the Capitol yep. today. And I'm not saying that this is the start of any kind of like serious actual armed conflict, but well, I think it was with the police. Wasn't it? It was shot by the police. I, I, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I would assume that, yes, I would assume that this is one of the protesters, but I, however you cut the cake, whoever it was, blood has been spilled because of this, the rhetoric, this irresponsibility, this authoritarianism, this nationalism. And for me, at least the, the one bright spot that I've seen today is there have been so many GOP office holders that, you know, congressmen, senators who have come out and said, this is wrong. This needs to stop. What are we doing? And I, the Josh Hollies and the Matt Gateses and the Ted Cruz's, I think, have cost themselves massively. But I mm-hmm. think this is the point at which the, the I guess, <laughs> I don't want to say real GOP, but I guess the, the traditional GOP, I don't know if you're, you can, you know, the minority, the MAGA people, you can call yourselves the maggot party, I guess, maybe. I don't know what you guys want to call yourself. But I, this, this is really the point at which I would like to see enough real, you know, American conservative GOP congressmen and senators continue to stand up and say, this is wrong. This is insane. Donald Trump needs to, you know, step up and show leadership, or he just needs to get out of office. I know we're two weeks yeah. away from the, from the Biden inauguration right now. There's no reason Donald Trump shouldn't just hang it up now because he is not a leader of the party or of the country. Well, I think you and I can agree with that. It's it's getting him to actually do that or <laughs> <laughs> getting his supporters to accept that. I mean, I was just um, looking on Facebook here. So Alan Alley, friend of the pod, um, posted something to the effect of, uh, actually, I can just read it. The violence in the U.S. Capitol is un-American, disgraceful, and illegal. And some of the comments on here one person, so was the election. Another person, um, oh, I can't find it. Anyway, another person basically said, yes, but understandable. That, yeah, it's, un- it's illegal, but it's understandable. And these, yeah, but understandable in my view. The, there are still a significant number of people, and these are, these are people, so, you know, Alan Alley, who, you know, prominent Republican and in Oregon and they are on his public Facebook page, making these comments in public that there are still a significant number of people who think that this is the right thing to do that. And, and I mean, this is what they're willing to say in, in public, much less, what are they going to say in private that, you know, the election was stolen. This is the only way that we can keep our, our country or it, I don't know, man, it, 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 I don't know what to do. And I think, I mean, you're right. Get a, get a strong leader up there to say something, to get people to back down, have a, have something that we're for rather than something we're against. But who is that? I mean, I think that's the question. I think at a national level, there's a ton of folks who I think saw their stock plummet a ton today. I mean, we've talked about Mm -hmm. is Ted Cruz going to run again? Like he, he's not going to have a shot anymore. He, he can't be in the same room with some of these people that I sent an article uh, to a couple other, my friends that I guess as they were being evacuated, Mitt Romney was yelling at Ted Cruz saying, this is what you get. Like you just, Mm -hmm. 
you just made all this happen because of your, you know, willingness to, to kind of go along with stuff like this. And it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of people in the GOP who feel the same way. So for me at a national level, people like Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, somebody like Mitt Romney, who I I don't know if you saw, but there was a, a video going around Twitter last night of, he was on a flight and a bunch of people were calling him a traitor, like yelling across the plane, calling him a traitor, which is just such a abhorrent display of, sheepishness and and, and everything and it's just it's it's just so unfortunate because i really do think somebody like that is a person who's he's been standing up the whole time and saying hey this is wrong i think here in oregon there's a lot of great people that obviously physically and politically are are quite distanced from donald trump but it it's got to start now if people have to get up now people have to be very clear about the fact that we are pro-business we are pro-freedom we are pro-second amendment but we are not pro overturning democratically elected officials in this country. That is period. Something that does not happen. Yeah. I'm curious. I know, you know, I know Mitt Romney is a, I'm a fan of Mitt Romney. I'm, I know you are as well, but to a lot of this mega crowd, Mitt, come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Senator Romney, if you are listening to this, <laughs> one of our 400 listeners, um, please come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, his name is kind of mud within the Republican party because of this, because for the last four years you have been judged as whether or not you're along with Trump for his, uh, along for the ride with, with Donald Trump. And so somebody like Lindsey Graham or Ted Cruz are the ones who have curried favor with the GOP and Romney has not. So, I mean, maybe you get someone else who's run for president. I don't know, Rand Paul or, and uh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know who. Rand Paul, native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, much like myself. Go Yinzers. Maybe. maybe. But <laughs> someone, I think, I don't know. Maybe you just need like all of Congress. I think that. This is so going to go real well. I think that that's an interesting point. I, I think honestly, what has bode well for, for, senators, congressmen, here in a state rep, state center, whatever, to, to kind of like hitch yourself to the Trump wagon. I think that's, there's honestly going to be a cost. I, somebody gets up and says, look, Donald Trump cost us Congress, cost us the Senate, and cost us the presidency. And every time we get a 10th, 11th, 12th Supreme Court justice, every time we get the state of D.C., the state of Guam, the state of Puerto Rico, every time we get who knows how large the next coronavirus relief package is going to be with money that we don't have. And I'm not saying that coronavirus relief isn't necessary. There, that is necessary, but it needs to be done in a bipartisan, responsible way, not Democrats just steamrolling things and using this to spend every red cent that we've got on anything that doesn't have anything to do with coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But all of these, these will, we will have policy ramifications for decades. And this is to say nothing of what America's place on the world stage is going to be, which I think is, has already suffered enough under the Trump administration. But if we don't get to a point where we continue to recognize a lot of people in the Middle East, China, Russia, as bad malevolent actors, and we just try to go along with the kind of Obama-style appeasement, all of this is the negative effects of Donald Trump losing and losing to the tune that he did with so many down ballot races over the last four years. And I'm not sure that I want to be associated with that anymore. If I'm a guy running in 2022, I'm not so sure it's not better to say I was against Trump the whole time. I like to win. I want to do stuff and govern, not just get yelled at and whatever. 
We'll see. I mean, we'll see two years. I mean, time tends to heal things. But my my concern is that Trump just keeps at it for the next four years. He's he's already talked about trying to run in 2024. You know, what what if he just never shuts up for the next four years? I mean, what if he continues to be kind of the shadow leadership of the GOP? You know, he's still got those 39% of people. You know, he'll, he'll, this, this insurrection will be put down. You know, people will, will go home eventually. There'll be some arrests. Maybe some people will get shot, but it, it'll end. And, you know, I, Biden will be, will be sworn in as president. But what if Trump never gives up? What, I mean, he, the, the problem with is you need to have a strong leader like you're talking about. They need to have a, a critical mass of the party behind them. And I don't know if anybody apart from Trump has that right now. I mean, the only thing I could think is like, if he were to be impeached like today, you know, uh, there was a, in a Facebook group that you and I are a part of, there was discussion, but someone jokingly asked, you know, how long does it take to drop impeachment documents? Um, I wonder if they did that. If, if it was, it, I mean, there's only two weeks before Biden gets, gets uh, sworn in. But if Congress all got together and said, nope, this is it, we're, we're done, this is too much, impeach Trump for sedition, and it was nearly unanimous, um, I think that would be the only way to put an end to this. Uh, the, the question then is, do, are, there, are people willing to sacrifice their political career to that 39%? Because um, you're going to get primaried if you do that. I uh, will find out. And I, you know, if there's, you know, if there continue to be maggots who, who want to run against real GOP people who are, you know, forward thinking and progressive and industrious and everything like that. I, I mean, get up and run, make the argument. And let, this is, this is what we do in America. We have elections, we vote on things. And if one or several or many of those people win, then there we go. But I, 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 Sincerely hope uh, to, to kind of bring it back to today and what we've just witnessed today is I, I really do believe that this will be the 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 straw that broke the camel's back uh, in terms of all of the awful unpatriotic things that Donald Trump has said and done over the past four years. This will be the one that we remember with the most ferocity mm-hmm. and loathing of what he's done to our party and what he's done to our country. And I, and I, I, I really, really would like to think that even for those 39% of GOP people or of Americans overall who were, who were with him and who were happy to see this protest start today will start to look and evaluate and see this for what it was, which was domestic terrorism. It was, yeah. it was, sedition it was a coup it was an insurrection and this yep. is none of those things are are what we stand for as republicans and definitely not what we stand for as americans yep absolutely agree well you think that's a good note to end it what do you think as good a note as we're gonna get at least <laughs> i think the best note to end it is i'm gonna have a a stiff glass of whiskey tonight and watch an episode of the west wing or something and see good governance in action and hope that in two weeks things get better and this is behind us. Yep, you and me both, man. All right, well, talk to you in a little bit. (laughs) Listeners, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rational Republican Podcast. Your hosts are James Ball and Nick Perlosky.
The show today is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors of Portland, serving the greater Portland metro area for all your garage door installation and repair needs. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at james at jamesaball.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can find our episodes at jamesaball.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts.